Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Sharon Weaver, a Microsoft Regional Director and the founder and CEO of Smarter Consulting, on how the pandemic has changed how consulting and service companies view digital transformation, both for their customers and themselves. Welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, uh, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. I'm trying to say that and not be like ironic or something. Just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, wink, wink. You know? <laughs> uh, so my, my guest today is Sharon Weaver, who is, uh, like me, a fellow Microsoft Regional Director. It's also the CEO, the founder of Smart Consulting. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having so, me. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about your company? I, uh, yeah. So like you said, um, I'm an RD. Um, I've also kind of collected a bunch of credentials along the way. So I'm getting to the As point of just I know. letter, 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 right? So um, I am an MCT. Um, so I do a lot of training. I guess at this point, I do less training than I used to. But I, I used to say about half training and about half consulting work. Um, I'm also Six Sigma Black Belt, so I love focusing on process management and design and making sure people are getting the most out of whatever they're doing. Yeah. Um, and then I have a whole random assortment of Microsoft certifications. Um, so yeah, I run Smarter Consulting. We're a group of consultants that basically help people get more out of what they um, are using from a technology perspective. So a lot of people, I, I like to say, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, and we are Microsoft partners, so we heavily work in the Microsoft area, but Microsoft isn't the only thing we do. Um, our focus is really about trying to understand what those underlying business processes are and what those underlying problems are so that we can help them um, not only solve their problem, but a lot of times figure out how technology can help them make it better. And from your uh, their social feeds, I'm assuming that you're constantly in on vacation. Constantly. <laughs> All the time, no, just like everybody well, I else. I know that you're on the road a lot. Uh, and so your client sites and other other stuff. So just poking fun. But uh, uh, but I know that, uh, you know, pl plus you've you've done a couple events like you did the, was it officially SharePoint Saturday, Cabo? Uh, was that a while back? What was the one? What was the I mean, It was a Friday, one? Microsoft 365 Friday, Cabo. Duh. Whatever. The rebrand <laughs> of that. Formerly known as... Prince's symbol. Yeah, I know. So uh. I feel that sometimes with the SharePoint Saturday turned M365 Friday turned whatever people want to call it. Right. Yeah. Same, yes. same people that are getting together and do things, free events for the community, things yes. that are out there. So I know that, you know, so a lot of friends that were uh, down in, uh, in Mexico for that event earlier this year. And uh, so it's great to see events starting to open up. And uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to get back out there and see people. I'm on the road here again in a week and a half. And then uh, two weeks later, I'm on the road to an event down in Southern California. And uh, yeah, so stuff is starting to open up again. So excited to see that. So you must be going on vacation too then. Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you call uh, uh, sitting on airplanes, going straight to the hotel, straight into the office, to the train, to the office, 
from the train to the airport, then yes, it's a vacation. <laughs> um, but uh, so let's so talking about um, your your company and and I, I think it's an interesting thing to get into and talk about. I uh, ask plenty of questions, talk to people about you know what's been happening with products and technology with uh, the pandemic and how it's changed. The tools have changed and how they work, how they see the digital transformation of their clients. Uh, but I'm interested to know, like, how has it changed actually your organization and how you're working? Oh, it's been fantastic, actually. So many, many thousands of years ago in the before time, I feel like I'm telling this story, right? Um, I used to spout all these crazy ideas like work from home and be remote and virtual. And it's not a problem. Everybody who thinks I'm on vacation, I'm not. I'm actually just in a different city, but I'm still working at my laptop. And so I had this crazy notion that I could go out on my own and be a consultant and, and do this virtually. And it took me a long time to get there. Um, I was, you know, I, I had these jobs and I kind of got out of that and I did a lot of consulting, but even still there required a lot of on-site be here, sit at your desk type of, of yeah. stories. Right. Um, a lot and of clients really, to also demand that as well. Clients have like, oh, we need you on site. Absolutely. Like, we're not paying you for work that you're doing somewhere else. You need to be here. We need to be able to see you. You need to be here sitting in your desk on a conference call with people from another state or another country, because we want to know that you're sitting at this desk where we can see you, even though none of the people I was talking to were probably even in the same building as me. Um, you know, that makes logical sense, right? So I, I had this crazy idea that it, we could do something better and we could do it in a, in a smarter way. And, um, and so I created my company really to, to create that opportunity for me at the beginning to kind of walk away from that and, and make something that's better. And I was like, if I do this virtually, you know, I don't have the overhead of a building and I don't have to necessarily be in a certain location and I can visit clients as I need to or want to. And as I sold more work, you know, the, the, the first topic that came up is, oh, well, are you going to have an office and are you going to watch your employees and are they all going to have desks? And I was like, why? Why do we need all of that? Like we have clients that are all over the country and now all over the world. And, you know, I, I just kind of thought, why does that even make sense to have them be kind of trapped in a building? You know what? I, so I, my, one of my first trips over to Japan, and I, I've been over there for several companies I work for, I went and was doing in the SharePoint world of the Microsoft ecosystem, uh, was working with a company uh, outside of Tokyo, went and visited their facilities. And it was uh, it, like walking into this massive building, like it was a manufacturing technology company. Uh, walking the building, it was like going, walking into an elementary school that was built in the 1950s. So it had that kind of old building smell of, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's Dust. been cl cleaned uh, numerous times with something with bleach in it kind of things. So you walk down the corridors, but you go into the main thing where all of the, literally there are long tables of shoulder to shoulder coders, engineers, like sitting there working, facing these long tables. At the end, I kid you not, at the end of each of these rows, and there's probably five or six of these rows with 50 to 100 people sitting at each of these tables. At the end of each row, there was a desk with a manager looking straight down 
that that row of their people, their team, so they can see if they were doing on the phone or talking to each other or whatever, they had that visibility. Then again, still not kidding you, there's a an office in the wall where the general manager looked down the line of the managers could see down their desks what they were doing. And a lot of that oversight, like that style, um, you know, that, that old style of, if I can't see that you're working, then you're not working, you know, and like the manager's job is to sit there with a hawk's eye and make sure that you're not doing anything during while I'm paying you, you know, that's not directly work-related kind of stuff. That, so I that can be a perfect employee. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you wonder why, oh, oh, there's not a lot of creative creativity that's in those kinds of organizations. But that was just a, it was shocking to see that still. I mean, because I think of a lot of from, you know, I started as an industrial design student and from a design perspective, and I love, uh, you know, a lot of Japanese uh, art and design and mm-hmm. a lot of the culture. I started to learn the language, almost moved my family there. I mean, I love Japan. And you know, and I just thought of that as an outmoded, outdated, because the highest award that you can uh, achieve in Japan is the Deming Award, the Quality Management Award. And so much of that, there's the creativity aspect of it. There's the, you know, the, the cultural aspects of that. There's the, you know, to have- It's very lean. To be, right. But to also, part of it is recognizing, and I know that maybe this is an evolved view of a lot of that, is that to, to make that sustainable in any organization is you can't be standing there with a stick or a whip, you know, over, you know, workers, you can't do that. There has to be some level of, you know, happiness, joy in, in the, the organization. And so, yeah, it, so it's interesting that we, we restrict and then we wonder why, uh, you know, people are, why are we having the great resignation, you know, right mm-hmm. now? No, I, I think you're absolutely right. That's, so my degree is in developmental psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not in technology. And a lot of that was because as I was working my way up and trying to work with teams of people and collaborate with teams of people and manage people, I was like, I, I was trying to understand the dynamics. What makes people tick? What makes people want to be better? What makes people want to be more motivated? Um, and so when I started my business, I mean, that was exactly it. And when I was like, I want to go virtual and I want to bring other people in that are willing to do that. I had to think a lot about exactly those things. Like if I bring somebody in, how do I make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing without necessarily having them sitting next to me to watch them? So how do you do that? Do you have the electric dog collars on? Do you have a little button that you, that you push that I know you wish with some people, I mean, look, there's, there's uh, teams that I've managed where I, I, a couple organizations where we had uh, policies of the organization allows for flex schedules. I mean, this going back to the early nineties where I had a four day work week, loved it. It was fantastic. Everybody wanted a Monday or Friday off. I'm like, give me Wednesday off. They're like, why? That's because the grocery stores are empty. The movie theaters are empty. They're all open. It's empty. It's, it was the best having a break in the middle of the week, breaking it up into, I mean, like I could do two days, you know, at a mm-hmm. time. Uh, but, it, you know, a couple teams that I managed where they had, the organizations had those schedules. 
even then there were some people that I did not trust to allow to have flex schedules. So it was very much something that was earned. Is that still something that you think about? Do you still kind of regulate that? Or, I mean, you, do you have a physical office anymore? Nope, no physical office. We're 100% virtual. Everybody works from really wherever they want to. Um, we kind of have a base of where we live, but I don't really care where people are as long as they're getting their jobs done. Um, obviously, we can go visit client sites. This last couple of years has just, I think, really opened people's minds to the idea that do they really need to have somebody there? In fact, I've had clients turn me away over the last year or two where I'm like, hey, let me come take you out to lunch. No, <laughs> nope, just stay home. I'm like, what? Like, this is like, we literally almost gone full tilt the other direction. And now to be fair, I run a small consulting firm. I don't run a 25,000 person business and, and things might change if I was to get that big. I don't have any intentions of getting that big. My goal was always to stay a small consulting firm, um, which I think makes things easier because my kind of rule of thumb is that I hire the people who I think have the skill set and the personality and the ability to be self-motivated and be responsible for themselves. I set expectations. And as long as they're meeting those expectations, I provide them with the, the business perk of flexibility and virtual work and all those things. I feel like it's something that's earned, right? Because you're a good employee, because you do what you're supposed to, because you're self-motivated, I don't have to babysit you and I don't want to babysit you. So, so talking about like, I, I want to talk about and focus on the cultural aspect of it, the changes that because you were already this way, you know, you already were doing these things before the pandemic. Um, but, and so I want to talk about what, if anything changed, uh, you know, because of that. But I also, do, I do want to talk about on the technology side, what do you use to track and to measure? What are your go-to solutions? What do you rely on? Yeah, we use, I mean, obviously the Microsoft stack. <laughs> it's been fantastic. So, you know, we live on Teams and it's great because, you know, if I'm at home in front of my desk, that's great, you know, but not everybody's an office worker. How often are we or people that our clients are not, are on their phone or they're on their tablets or they're away from their desk? And I find more and more I can walk away from my desk if I don't have a meeting scheduled for that time period, um, take my phone, throw it in my pocket, and maybe I need to run an errand or maybe I want to go sit outside because I'm tired of sitting inside all day. Um, and technically, I have this, this tool that basically will pop up if anybody needs me, I can sit and review documents, I could even pop on a meeting if I really needed to if I was on my in my car on the way back. Um, so teams has really become crucial for not only me and my company, um, but many of my clients have just become very, very reliant on teams to be able to do the things that they need to do, and still be able to communicate when they need to be able to communicate. That's something where, uh, you know, the, 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 in the olden times of, yeah, I tried calling you, I left a message and I didn't, didn't get a response back from that now. I mean, look, we still to some degree, like I, I do my best at answering emails as quickly as they come through. But if I see the chat messages and I can prioritize those and I have pinned the active projects, the high priority things, if I see any movement there, I'm right in there uh, and responding to those things and others, I get to them as best I can. Um, and I find myself often shutting down the client so I can focus on the team's client, I should say, not the customer client. <laughs> I shut down um, my client. <laughs> I know. Um, but I, I shut down the, the team's client um, so that I can focus on a document, get something done, 
open it back up. So I'm, I'm trying to get better at just, you know, there's um, a do not disturb button, right? Christian? I, I know, you know but I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to look, I don't want to have <laughs> it open. I know me well enough to know that if I see something and my eyes go over to that and it will pull me away from what I need to focus on. Um, but there's, I mean, it's, it's like, I don't have my, um, I don't have my ringer on my phone. I never have. Um, oh, mine's so been I'm on never, for years, years. Yeah. yeah I, I don't even I don't know think what I've, it sounds like. I don't think I've had it on ever on this phone. Uh, and so I'll, I'll check back at those later. If they if it's urgent and it's business related, then chat in real time is going to be the best way to, to reach me every time. Yep. Yeah. Same for us. Same for us. Same for many of my clients. And it's been fantastic because, you know, I, I do keep an eye on my email, but like you said, like if it's important and it's right there, it's right. It's in teams. And you know, it lets me not have to check my email as often. It lets yeah. me not have to worry about that stuff as often. So I, I did say some, somebody, it might've been my son who said, it's like, you know, dad, I was trying to text you. It was like on Saturday. I was like, oh yeah, my phone, I set it down. I picked it up Sunday evening. I set it down Friday night. I picked it up again Sunday evening. Oh geez. Like I just, I was, I'm like home. It's like, well, how am I supposed to get in touch with you? It was like, if you really need me, then call mom. <laughs> I, but, uh, but he said, so like, but I texted you dad. And I'm just like, I was like, oh, did you send me a fax too? I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> respond to that. I said, if, if you want to get in touch with me, I like, like my phone was down, but I had a browser open and every day I'm repeatedly checking. Cause I have, I'm a, I have a 24 seven job. You know, it's a, it's a global role. I'm paying attention to the things that are happening in EMEA and across Asia Pacific, as well as the both Americas now do. In fact, it had a LATAM call this evening uh, and planning some events later this year. So a lot that's going on. And wait, and you're, and you're doing that. You are literally working around the world from your office at home. Isn't that crazy? I know. So let's, so let's talk about it. So you're, so you use the, the, um, the Microsoft stack, do you use any other like project management tools or anything that's specific to, to run your business and your project? Yeah, we use, we use project for the web, um, for all of our project plans. Uh, we use planner for our internal task management, just to kind of keep track of things. Um, I mean, really that's, those are our big ones, right? So we use teams and outlook for day-to-day -day, outlook for external teams for internal, we use project management for projects and then we use uh, planner for task management, but. That's good because project for the web still doesn't have the to-do integration or anything like that. Yeah. So you, so you can almost can separate with client stuff and have the kind of walled off environment. So, you know, if anything's planner related, that it's internal and anything yep. that's over in project there, but you, so then you're watching two silos, but that's not a bad. But I don't watch separation. anything, right? Because we've automated so much stuff that if, I need to do something. I use my task by planner and to do in teams. So I've got one button where I look for everything. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter if it's a task for me on to do or a task for my team and planner. It just pops right in there. Yep. Um, so, I, you know, we go in there into teams. We can access most of our files in teams. Um, and if anything, you know, not that it would ever be late. Um, then I get an email that says, Hey, Sharon, your task is late. You probably should look at this. And I'm like, Better oh, yeah. to get it right. That on time. Right. That's what I, yeah. Most of the time I've already done the work. I just forget to mark off the task really yeah. is what yeah. happens. Right. Well, that that's the, uh, I mean, again, I, I, I kind of, you know, worked my way up, started in project and portfolio management technology. And so I spent half of my project management 
career, just chasing people to fill in the status report on things that they had already completed. And you know, how much time do you take on doing that task? Oh, I don't know, four hours. And that's like, okay, yeah, these are going to be accurate stats. That's we yeah. meet every morning. So we have a morning call every single day with all, with anybody that's on the team. And um, we go over kind of where we're at and what we're doing. And basically, you know, if if somebody's done a task and it just hasn't gotten marked off, it's pretty easy because everybody knows where everybody's at. And so it's like, right. oh, hey, you did this. Let's just mark it off. And so we tend to help each other sometimes with that, too. Yeah, I am a big believer in that uh, that daily scrum go through uh. because especially when you are running. Uh, a multi-project, you know, running a consultancy around there. Priorities change. You might have to move bodies around. You know, you've got more leeway, more time on that project, but something that happened where you, you know, uh, cut the time to delivery in, in half where, you know, and, and so you can move people around. I mean, that's a daily occurrence where you're doing those kinds of activities. So having that daily scrum is fantastic. When I, I've employed that at three different companies and uh, every time, you got the groans from the team, like, oh my gosh. We're Everybody, oh my gosh, right. I don't want to meet every day. Until about two weeks into it and people are like, this is fantastic. Like, why weren't we doing this? Before? Once you've done it for a while, if you don't do it for a little while, you feel like you're so disconnected right. from everything that you're yep. like, do I even know what's going on anymore? No, it's, it's fantastic too, where you get so efficient where it might only take five to seven minutes and you're done and you move on. But yes. the fact that you're doing that. And then the other important aspect of that is not even about your team, but if you're working with internal or external clients, if they're aware of that system and that process, they know that if there's a change request or something, at the worst case, it'll take 24 hours until their issue is being discussed, reprioritized, and they'll have some information back on what the plan of attack is. That's exactly it. That's a hundred percent. So every morning we talk about what our priorities are. We make sure everybody's got what they need. We make sure that nothing's getting falling through the cracks. And I do, I feel, I feel like it's so much more efficient and so much more productive. And we spend, we, we don't waste a lot of time in our business. And so we get a lot more done. Yeah. You know, back in the, uh, the SharePoint Saturday day. So I'd say the early 2010s, uh, I had ideas for doing a couple just kind of uh, semi-funny but community-related little shorts, little uh, films that I wanted to do. One wow. of them was I wanted to do kind of a, a camera, like a single camera around like it, almost like an AA group where people are introducing themselves and be like, you know, like, hi, my, everybody, my name is Christian. I'm a SharePoint administrator. Everybody goes, hey, Christian. And then I kind of go through and talk about it. And then we just, you know, talk about different issues about being an admin and people are there, like, come over, rub your shoulder. Like I'm there for you, man. You know, kind of I thought that would be really funny. Um, but one of them I, I thought of doing was uh, around a, like the creation of these, like the daily stand-up meeting, this scrum and get those typical reactions and show, you know, week two, you know, and, and people getting like, I'm starting to get this kind of things. And you know, I, I, I think maybe we need to do it. Like the group that did those short films on the, uh, the consultant, you know, that comedy troupe. Did you ever see that video? If you go out and I'll have to find the link, Sharon. And uh, no, I'll, but have it's, to, I'll have to watch it though. 
so it's 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 a comedy group where uh it, it called the like the consultant or the expert the expert that's what it is and they're sitting around the meeting and there's the client there's the leaders of the consulting and they bring in the expert on this okay. and they're like we need you to draw these three lines can you do that yes well we want one of the lines to be blue and the others to be black and they're he's like okay well we want one of them to cross the other one but we want them to be perpendicular it's like well no if you cross them they can't be perpendicular it's like and it's like well come on they're they're the client is asking for that the requirements are clear why can't we give them what they're asking for it's pretty funny uh so i it would be fun to do something similar to that, but, uh, yes, but I, I agree. Yes. We've moved sideways. But. Uh, that's that sounds like pretty much every software development project. Yeah, I'm asking for can can you do this? Oh, well, this one minor change, and then it's insane. I don't understand why it should just be this easy. Well, you're right; it should be that easy. That's right. It's well, it's it's the uh, um, it's the whole. Um, uh, it's my. Well, hang on, my my daughter here. Uh, uh oh. Yeah, there we go. Now she just <laughs> wants to wants to chat. And probably has uh, grandchildren to put up and prop up in front of the phone and stuff. Aww. But uh, so, what changed with, if anything, did anything change? I guess is the better question with the pandemic about the way that all of you worked. Yes, I think a lot of things changed um, before the pandemic, even being virtual. I was still going on site to clients um, several days a week. I was going on site to train. I was traveling constantly, right? Yep. So if, if I wasn't on site here somewhere, I was traveling somewhere else. Yeah, on vacation. <laughs> I was yep. on vacation on a plane to go somewhere to basically, you know, speak or teach or yep. whatever. Um, constantly, just like every, I, I probably traveled, I don't know, every week to every two weeks on a regular basis for yep. years. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, as that shifted, um, my clients all, all, most of them really went very heavily remote and not only did they go remote, but as we kind of came in, they were like, you know, well, well, what's going to happen? And we're like, well, we're going to do it hundred percent virtual. And they're like, do you even know how to do that? And I'm like, we got this, we got this, you know, my user group. Um, so I ran the Kansas city, Microsoft 365 user group. And before COVID even came around, we are a very large metropolitan area. It takes you an hour to get from one side to the other. And a lot of people are like, I can't make it to your user group because, yep. you know, I'd miss three hours of work to be able to come to your lunchtime user group. And so we had made the decision anyways to go ahead and, and stream those and record them and make them available to virtual people. You know, when, when Teams was really kind of at its infancy, we were like, we're going to use this technology to make this better. And so we were already set up for that. So as the pandemic came in, as people went 100% virtual, the only thing that really changed for us is we just didn't have to go anywhere anymore. And so we continued to have our user group and we continued to meet with our clients and we continued to meet with each other. The only difference is all of a sudden I didn't have to go to places and I didn't have to worry about things. But what, how did... I, so, I mean, one of the problems with virtual events is that, I mean, there's, there's definite, there's the screen fatigue, one of. you know, the, like all, yeah, one of the issues, uh, but that was something where I, I think that uh, I always use the example of, um, so for a one year of my life, I bought a motorcycle, like I wrote ridden dirt bikes and stuff as a kid, but I bought a motorcycle and I commuted it, uh, commuted on it for a year. What ended that was it was parked and somebody hit it 
Oh no. Uh, and crushed it. And instead of as the weather was turning and I'm like, I don't want to do another winter, you know, getting into and a waterproof jumpsuit thing and go dry riding in and doing that. So I said, I'll, I went back to a, driving a car. Um, but what happened out of that is I had, uh, I became so aware of motorcycles when I was driving a car and I still am to this day. I see them, I give them enough space because I understand having ridden and been on a freeway on a motorcycle and how people do not give enough space and braking room and everything else. They just don't see motorcyclists. I think the same thing has happened with this, with the pandemic. Suddenly where people um, may not, you know, paid attention entirely uh, during virtual you know during webinars and other things like there's there's tech people that is out there so people that are giving the webinars like we're actually able to see if you switch over and start using email like we know that you're using another application like there's that tech exists out there but anyway not to scare people uh, <laughs> uh but that's but you know attention is something that now that we've all been doing this i think that you know, we need to be more effective and efficient in our usage of the technology. I do think you know, meetings, certainly presentations have become shorter. Yes. Uh, a lot of events are realizing that doing 75 minute long sessions was the norm for SharePoint Saturdays 10 years ago. And now do you really need eight hours worth of content? Right. So we shorten the, the, that, we shorten the session time around that we had more options that are out there, um, provide on-demand so you can participate live or you can watch recording, kind of all those different methods. So people are more selective in what they participate in, but when they participate, my observation is they're more engaged than they yeah. were previously. I think so too. I, I agree. I, th I think our meetings are shorter. We're more to the point. Um, I actually taught a um, effective facilitation workshop last weekend. And one of the things is that people are starting to realize in a virtual world that we need to care more about those facilitation habits. What we need to prepare before we meet, we need to have an agenda, we need to have an objective, we need to pay attention to the time, you know, who's doing what. And, you know, we were, as I was preparing for that workshop, I was sitting here, you know, chatting with my husband and we're like kind of brainstorming some of the stuff to put in there. And one of the things you don't think about is in a regular meeting in a room, you can tell everybody, hey, let's sit down and get ready. And people get the social cues, right? Because people are sitting down. But on a virtual call, a lot of times, especially if people, you know, have their kids or their dogs or things going on behind them, and maybe they're not on video and they don't know what's going on or whatever, it's, it's a lot harder to herd the cats, right? Um, in a virtual environment, especially when that gets really large. And so what happens is you have to be a better facilitator and a better presenter to keep people's attention and you want to make it shorter and you want to make it more organized and you want to make it more, you know, succinct. What are we going to do? What are we going to accomplish? How are we going to get this done? And the difference before was if I sit in this room in a meeting for an extra five or 10 or 15 minutes, it's really not a big deal. I can sit and chat with people. Maybe I've got my coffee, but in the virtual world to sit in a meeting for an additional 15 minutes can be very, very frustrating when you have other things to do, or you haven't had a bio break all day. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a great example. What's, what's your philosophy on, uh, do you like the 
pre-meeting, like it's a meeting that's supposed to start at 2 p.m. and run for an hour. Are you a fan of what some companies are doing? Microsoft people are doing this where they start it at 2.15 and end at three o'clock or they started at two and end at 3.45. Are you, are you one of these sticklers? Like we scheduled, we're all in here five minutes before the meeting starts and we start exactly at 2 p.m. Uh, or are you okay with letting people get settled, take the first three to five minutes the chitter chatter, and then we begin and move forward. Kind of where do you where do you fit? Where have you found I, that? I think you need to know your audience first of all, because if, I think if you work with the same group all the time, you you all kind of know what that culture is. We work with a lot of different clients at a lot of different companies. So number one, know your audience. If your audience is the type of people that it takes them a few minutes to settle, then I would probably start it on the hour. But knowing that it would take them five or ten minutes to kind of get into the groove of things, I have other clients that are just on top of it. They show up, they're ready, they know what we're going to do. And for some of those clients, a lot of times, you know, we really will ask people, would you prefer for us to start this at 5, 10, 15 after? I do find that most people very rarely end early if you schedule a meeting to end early. Now, if I get done and we're efficient, we can end early. But I find that more people are, are more okay with starting a little late to give that break than to end early. I agree with that. It's, you know, one of the, I think, best lessons early in my career, working with uh, state of California employees. Uh, I was working, I, for a year, I worked for two years, I don't remember now, uh, for EDS. And we had, uh, it was EDS Medi-Cal account, and we had state employees uh, that were on site. And meetings with them was generally, like, we were suit-wearing crowd still. Man, I hated that by the way. I don't miss that at all. I have to wear a suit. Oh, it was awful. But anyway, um, yeah, my first day of week at work, I showed up in a sports coat with a tie with nice slacks, you know, like I was my church attire kind of thing. And my boss said, it's your first day, so I'm not going to send you home. But and I thought she was joking. Nope. Like this is suit company. Wow. It says we have reward days, like on a Friday where we have sport coats or occasionally there'd be like a jeans day. I've had jobs where if you donate money to a certain cause, they give you a ticket to buy, to be able to wear jeans. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> but what, so a lesson I learned with the state employees is like they would show up and generally do, and of course they weren't in suits, um, but we were, uh, but they would show up to meetings and generally it was like coffee and the small talk and stuff around, but then their, their, what they expected in the way that those ran uh, was very professional. It's like, okay, let's get this underway. And then it was very much, here's the schedule. Here's what we have. And this is what we're discussing. Anything outside? Okay. Will we have time to cover those things? Okay. We all agree. Move forward in the first one and go through. So it's very organized, very structured. I absolutely loved that. And that was it. Those meetings always ended with enough time for the next group to come into the room because that was we had to do that um yep. but there was still the meet and greet in the in the in the beginning of the session so people get kind of settled and hey i haven't seen you in a while and have those kind of interactions to get ready for that to to to, to move forward but that was just a great way of doing that where you respect people's time you come to a meeting organized you know uh, your role within it what pieces that you're going to speak to you already know essentially what 
questions you're going to be asked or that, you know, in the areas that you'll get questions around. And so you can prepare for those things. We have people that, that join meetings and hey, we all do it where we schedule stuff like we know we need to get together on this. What's the agenda here? I just wanted time for us to get together and talk about this thing. Again, know your room, know your audience. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes but, uh, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes you can schedule, hey, we had this meeting and it went kind of offside a little bit and we just scheduled some extra time to come back and have a conversation about this. In general, I think, especially in the virtual world, like you said, I think the emphasis on being organized is a lot more important because nobody wants to sit in front of their computer eight hours a day on back-to-back -back meetings if they don't have to. So the more you can come prepared, sending things ahead, being organized, knowing what your objectives are, also limiting your objectives. Because I think, you know, it's not that I have 60 minutes to keep your attention. It's that we're going to try to accomplish an objective. And if that happens in 10 minutes, great. And if it happens in 40 minutes, great. But the idea is that once we've accomplished our objective, we're done and we right. can move on. We're not meeting to have 60 minutes of a phone call. We're meeting to accomplish something and we've given ourselves X amount of time to do that. So today I had a 30 minute meeting. Uh, I was one of the hosts of the call. Um, two key players were not able to make the meeting. There were still topics that could be discussed with the people that were remaining. We shut it down. We closed. We were finished in three minutes. And my response back to the, this is like a repeating uh, call, but my response back to the team within teams, within the chat, it was best period meeting period ever. Period. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so it was, true. Yeah, it, it was great. Yeah. So, but that, yeah. So, I mean, but again, but I've been on ask. I mean, weren't you kind of already working that way? Was that really a change for you? Yeah. I mean, the virtual part really wasn't a change because we were doing, I think that what did change is that on the other side of the coin, the expectations about that and the clients. Yeah, our clients and the user group attendees and the people we work with all day, our vendors, our partners, all those types of things. Um, I think they went virtual at the same time. And now all of a sudden we're on the same playing field. Now all of a sudden, you know, we're not that kind of one-off that's over here doing this different thing. We're all kind of doing the same thing. And so we kind of evened out a little bit, which has been really nice. And I think, you know, some of my clients have gone back to working in the office. Some have gone back 100%, everybody's in the office, you know, but I definitely think they're softer and more open-minded to it. And then we've got some that are hybrid that are kind of like, if you want to go to the office, there it is. And we've got some that are 100% just said, nope, you know, you guys can 100% work from home. And if, you know, you need anything, let us know. And I think, you know, a lot of people have changed. And I personally have, have found that it's been a lot easier for us to do what we do when people aren't constantly saying, I've got a 45 minute meeting. Can you drive to this office to be there? And I end up taking four hours out of my day for an objective that really probably could have taken 15 minutes. But by the time everything is said and done, you know, all of that padding around it of getting dressed up and driving on site and meeting the clients and having all the pleasantries and all of that could have probably been a 15 minute phone call. I say for, for 10 years living in the San Francisco Bay area. And um, for most of that, 10 years driving over a bridge every day my commute was uh at least three hours both ways you know every single day and usually longer and fridays was i mean it would take me two to two and a half hours to get home on fridays just insane 
no matter what it seemed like if I left at three in the afternoon or, you know, or 7 PM, it was still like two and a half, three hours. To get I home. feel like now with the virtual, with, with people being virtual, we have, I don't think we're spending as much time doing those types of things anymore, which I believe gives us more of that work-life balance back, you know, because it's Although kind of that I would have been able to listen to a lot of cool podcasts. You could you know, still do that. I, I know. Yeah. Now that's about discipline and boundaries. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so is there anything to kind of wrap up, uh, any, anything that you'd still, you'd like to change uh, about this new world of work, this future of work that we're living in? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think the big thing is really understanding that people can be flexible and still be productive. Um, because so we've, we've broken the remote boundary. The next boundary is flexibility and schedules and location, right? So, so I essentially have core times that we're available to our clients, but I don't tell anybody who works for me or with me when to work. The idea is here's the core hours we're available, but outside of that, you're a grown up and you can decide. I think the next level we need to get to is if you think about, you know, moms who have kids that they have to deal with and people who have families that they need to deal with or activities they need to deal with, um, that flexibility around scheduling and the flexibility around location. You know, if you spend your entire life knowing that you have to be in one location other than the three weeks a year that the school system says you're out of school and you can go places or, um, and, you know, your job says, okay, you can take a week and you can go to this location. How cool would it be for us to be more global and be able to say, I'm going to be working from London for a month and I'll be available, but, I, you know, we're going to have to be flexible around my schedule a little bit. It gives me the opportunity to go expand my horizons and meet other people, but it doesn't really impact people any more than it has to if you're doing it correctly. Thinking about, you know, like anything else that I would change. Yeah. What would you change? That's a great question. I, I, um, you know, there's a, I mean, another, uh, I, while we think on that for a second, um, I, I don't know, I don't know what I would change. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very much a proponent of the, the hybrid model because the, having some level of face-to-face -face is so important to see. Your, oh, I miss people your, so much. I love seeing people in person. Seeing that. But whether, but that could be like on, my goal is at least on a quarterly basis to visit other app point offices. So I, uh, not all of them, because we're but all- But now you world. want to go. You don't have to go. You want to go see right. people. But, but it's, it is important for the people that I work, there's still people that I've been working with for the 14, 15 months that I've been here that I've never met in person. Yeah. I would like to get out and see some other faces. Um, you know, the once or twice that I have seen people, I mean, it's been great be like, you know, hey, we've been talking every day. It's great to- to, to go enjoy, go out to dinner together as we did a couple of weeks back. Um, no, that, those things, like, I, I, I think that it's no matter how uh, remote you are and, and how dedicated you are to that, there should be figure out a time, even if it's like on an annual basis that everybody gets together, that you do in all hands and do yes. some combination of work and fun and other stuff just so that you have that personal connection to people, it's very important. And that's la been lacking for a lot of the remote stuff. No, I was just thinking just kind of another thought too. Again, going back and thinking of two former direct reports that I did not trust to work remotely. Like 
this is having outcome-based expectations is what? Uh, a scary thing for the perpetually lazy. It is. And I think that's just it. I think if we, if we change the goal to, you know, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, whatever that is, setting goals and whatnot, then people who don't want to work or who are faking it or whatever, aren't going to get very far. Yeah. There was uh, you know, it was a thing that was discussed. So about 10, 15 years ago was that there was, it might, it was, I think it was in the news or something that there was somebody who had a remote job and it turned out that it was a second job and they had outsourced the majority oh, of the I, work. Oh, I remember reading an article. They about had that. a regular job, but then they had this other part, this other full-time job, but remote. And it was not them actually doing everything. And they did it for a couple of years. So they're getting the full salary, paying somebody maybe a third of what they were taking in to actually do that work. That's scary for employers, for sure. That is scary. But if you're if the outcomes are being reached if they're delivering then it's called business i'm not don't <laughs> investigate me i know <laughs> i know it's what a brilliant employee uh, promote that person <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh well sharon really appreciate it's great to go in through and have this discussion and i know that we we talk all the time anyway about this stuff next time we're going to talk about nothing but politics and religion okay. so that's on the agenda um, so we've talked business stuff. So we just, we need to do that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, don't have that kind of podcast. I don't know that I want to be that labeled as that kind of podcast, but yeah, mm -mm. yeah I, don't, mm -mm. I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. So Sharon, people want to get in touch with you. What are the best ways to reach you? You can find me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on Twitter, Sharon E. Weaver, or you can email me at sweaver at smarter-consulting.com. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for your time and uh, have a great vacation. Yeah. <laughs>